Hello, friend, and welcome to Write Medicine, a weekly podcast that explores best practices in creating content that connects with and educates health professionals. I'm your host, Alex Housen, a longtime medical writer who shifted from a career as a trauma OR nurse into academia and then transitioned from academia into freelance writing in continuing medical education. I've built a sustainable six-figure business that specializes in creating and evaluating educational content for health professionals, and I use my expertise in education and healthcare to guide rich, honest conversations about the practice of creating CME content with intention. And I teach medical writers how to create CME content with confidence. Write Medicine is here to offer you guidance and strategies as you navigate all phases of CME. Come and join our thoughtful, provocative and valuable conversations about adult learning, teaching platforms, content creation techniques, effective formats in CME and trends in healthcare that influence the type of content we create. Right Medicine is here to motivate you to learn and grow as a CME professional. Wherever you are in the content creation process, If your work involves planning, designing, delivering or evaluating education for health professionals, this podcast is for you. This episode of Write Medicine is brought to you by Write CME Pro, a membership-driven community that provides skills, scaffolding and support for medical writers who want to create CME content with confidence. Write CME Pro gives you access to expert perspectives to help you build your CME writing skills, a portfolio accelerator to hold space so that you can create stunning samples to show your prospects, group coaching to help you build foundational and expert knowledge in CME and more. Write CME Pro is a community for people like you who are ready to grow their CME writing niche or niche, if that's how you say it. See the show notes for more details. Hello and welcome to Write Medicine. Oh, and good grief. Let's talk about tech. If you were planning to pop into Write Medicine's LinkedIn Live podcast episode on Friday, at 12pm Pacific time. I'm sorry. We had tech issues connecting LinkedIn streaming to the podcast recording platform. And we use Riverside.fm, by the way, which is fantastic. But there's a little bit of a workaround to connect with LinkedIn Live. We've recorded the episode anyway, as you can see, and here it is on LinkedIn, as well as on your preferred listening platform. We'll also reschedule our first live stream to be the first episode of season six, which kicks off on August the 30th. The whole experience for me was a reminder to practice non-attachment. To prepare, we did. And when I say we, I mean Aaliyah of Golden Goose Creatives, who is Right Medicine's podcast manager. To prepare and then let go of the outcomes. And as Audrey Tarno said in our very first podcast episode called Creativity and Failure in CME and CE, she said this, people think that demonstrating failure means that you aren't a trusted partner, that you aren't a successful business. 
And that's definitely a perception that's valid. But I think there's so much more to be learned by saying, I tried this, here was the idea, and it didn't work. And it might be that your next partner says, actually, if you had just done this, they might be the missing piece. So we'll continue to look for the missing piece so that the next attempt at live stream is seamless. And hopefully you can use failing as an opportunity to learn, to grow, and to find the missing pieces. In the meantime, thanks for your patience, you lovely Right Medicine listeners. Now, for those of you who are new to the podcast, Right Medicine has been airing for two and a half years, and it really started as a way to elevate the work that professionals in the continuing education for health professionals community do every day. I started recording interviews for the podcast in July of 2020, really as a way to stay connected to my professional community and hear directly from peers and colleagues and clients too how they were navigating the pandemic. And this changed over a few interviews and I started adding more questions about the work they were doing and how they approached designing and delivering continuing education for health professionals. And I found pretty quickly that listeners, that's you, want to hear from your peers and their challenges and solutions in planning, strategy, design, content creation, and outcomes analysis. So since February of 2021, we've really grown into the premier podcast for professionals working in continuing education for health professionals. And we're ranked by Listen Score as one of the top 10% most popular shows out of over 3 million podcasts worldwide. You can help us move into the top 5% and reach even more professionals around the world who are creating continuing education content for health professionals by subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your peers, your colleagues, and your clients. Here's what listener Valian PDR said in their review on Apple Podcasts. Alex is a seasoned, gifted interviewer and identifies knowledgeable people involved in all phases of CME CPD education. That's continuing medical education and continuing professional development. They say many in the field are dedicated to improving education, clinicians' knowledge, and ultimately patient outcomes. It's wonderful to learn about what others are doing and find out things I need to keep in mind, particularly as the CME CPD world needs to adjust to our changing world and learner needs. Alex's calming voice is a perfect accompaniment for end of day when I walk my dog after dinner. She gives me a gentle end to the workday and a perfect transition to evening. Thank you so much, Velni and PDR. I really appreciate you being a listener and your review. Okay, so let me share a little recap of what season five looked like before jumping into three things to boost your foundational knowledge if you're relatively new to or just starting out in the CME CE world. And by that, I mean continuing medical education and continuing education for health professionals. If you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know it's largely an interview based podcast. And for me, it's really a delight to be able to talk with really smart people about the very cool work that they do. These people are your colleagues, your clients, your peers, and could also be you. If you have an idea or a story you want to share with the continuing education community, then please pitch us. 
there's a pitch form on the podcast website, and I'll make sure to include it in today's show notes. And of course, once a, once a month, I do a solo episode to dig a little deeper into topics that listeners say they're interested in hearing more about. This has been a new feature for 2023, and we'll continue it on into season six, which starts on August the 30th. And a lot of the interviews that we include on the podcast are with people who are directly involved in continuing education content creation in one way or another. Or they include guests who work in fields that are adjacent to continuing education or whose work informs some aspect of continuing education content creation. So in season five, we featured experts from the continuing education field on outcomes and outcomes analysis, needs assessments, patient cases, accreditation and diversity, equity and inclusion. And we also featured guests whose expertise lies more broadly in creating learning cultures and guests who are themselves clinicians and take a distinct perspective on clinical care and education. Like Jay Baruch, who talked about managing uncertainty in clinical practice and how to teach with and through uncertainty. I hope you'll agree that these broader topics enrich the work we do in continuing education for health professionals and provide us with some unique perspectives to chew on. And going forward in season six, we have a jam packed session or season for you. We're going to be talking to online learning experts, instructional design facilitators or practitioners, facilitation experts, and guests whose work explicitly focuses on specific types of learners, like Rebecca Ortega of Women as One, a nonprofit organization that supports and advocates for women in cardiology, really advocates for gender equity. And Martha Johnson, who creates tools and resources specifically to support continuing education for nurses. And we'll take on topics like the climate consequences of creating digital content with Alyssa Bonsignor, as well as the impact of AI tools on content creation in medicine and healthcare. And one of the things that we try to do here at Right Medicine is to create wraparound content for the podcast that is a little more actionable and is as applicable to your work as a professional in the continuing education community as possible. So in addition to the podcast, you can read the show notes, the transcript, a weekly newsletter that I publish on LinkedIn, as well as a bi-weekly newsletter from me to you, which includes a wider set of resources, tools, and tactics to support your work in this field. Here's a question that listener Rachel asked before we tried to go live. What are some tools to have when starting out in the CME field? I think this is a great question to ask, but of course, I'd love to have more context. And if you know me, you, you know I like to ask more questions. So, you know, starting out in what capacity is the first question I would probably ask here. But since I don't know the context and we can't talk about it live, here's one valuable tool. A tool I consider essential is an understanding of the education planning process, including the grant cycle and foundational awareness of what the purpose of a needs assessment is and how it fits into the education planning cycle. I know from talking with education providers 
that CME and CE practitioners who are new to the field are sometimes missing this awareness. And I know this from talking to medical writers who are new to the CME, CE field as well. Way back in 2010 or so, I attended a pre-conference workshop hosted by Marsha Jackson of Education by Design, which provided an overview of education planning, which was enormously helpful to me. And it's something I teach inside of my courses, especially next level needs assessments, which isn't open at the moment, by the way, but will open up again in September for the last cohort of 2023. Now, if you're relatively new to continuing education, continuing medical education, continuing education for our health professionals, there are some steps that you can take to quickly get up to speed with what's going on in this field. And if you're a medical writer in particular, there are some proprietary steps you can take if you're thinking about moving into this niche area of medical writing or adding it to your suite of services. So here's three areas to consider that will give you a solid foundation of what this field is all about. Getting to know the major continuing education stakeholders, building awareness of adult learning principles, and getting acquainted with continuing education deliverables and content formats. Let's dig in. The first area involves taking the time to familiarize yourself with the function and purpose of continuing education and the stakeholders involved in creating education content. So if you're new to the field, I know from my experience, it can take a while to get a handle on different stakeholders and to really get to grips with the terminology. I'm talking about stakeholders like accreditation organizations, like the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education or the Accreditation Council for Pharmacy Education. There's a whole bunch of them. And I think it's really helpful to have a map of the field. You know, something that tells you who the major players or stakeholders are in a continuing education and what they do. You know, I had no clue about the different types of education providers or the types of education they provided when I first started out as a writer almost 20 years ago. I'm talking about stakeholders like accreditation organizations, like the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Education or the Accreditation Council for Pharmacy Education. Education providers are another important group of stakeholders that are, of course, directly involved in creating content. Providers like hospitals and health systems, federal agencies, publishers, and medical education companies. And there's a ton more. And on the podcast, we try to invite guests that reflect different stakeholders in the continuing medical education or the continuing education field. So, for instance, in season five, we spoke with Eugene Posniak. Graham McMahon, Diana Durham, specifically about accreditation in the US as well as in Europe and in the United Kingdom. And you can catch these conversations in episodes 55, 51, and 45. I'll make sure to link those in the show notes as well. And the second area that I think it's really helpful to know something about is Building your knowledge of adult learning principles, which is one of the core competencies in the Educating the Educator curriculum devised by the Alliance for Continuing Education in the Health Professions. In the field of continuing education, it's really important to remember that health professionals work in a really practice-based clinical context. 
And so their education needs to be applicable to the care that they give patients every day. And adult learners want education and professional development opportunities that are relevant, they're problem-focused, and they can apply immediately to their workplace context. And I'm sure as an adult learner yourself, you can probably relate. We don't just want to know how to do something. We want knowledge and skills we can apply right now to get specific results and outcomes. And there are some really great resources for brushing up on adult learning at the American Association for Adult and Continuing Education. And I recently wrote an article for the American Medical Writers Journal on practical strategies for using adult learning principles in creating continuing education content. And of course, on the podcast, we talked about various aspects of adult learning in season five with Andrew Barry of Curious Lion and Grant Parker of ID Lance. Look out for more episodes on strategies for building learning cultures and creating active learning opportunities for health professionals in season six. And this takes us to our final area. If you're working on the content creation side of continuing education, then you know there are a lot of different formats and deliverables in this field, including, of course, needs assessments, as well as live courses, symposia or meetings, journal activities, and enduring text or image-based print or online materials, which really form the bulk of activities that are produced in the accredited continuing education space. These activities all vary in length, but increasingly we're seeing a shift to smaller pieces of connected content to support microlearning. And we'll be talking a little bit more about microlearning in season six. We talked a little bit about microlearning, particularly in relation to social media platforms with Alison Kickle of Bonham Education way back in episode 20. So not in season five, much earlier. And of course, interactive patient cases are core activities in continuing education. Crafting these cases, these interactive cases, lets us build a narrative around a patient's lived experience in a way that really helps learners problem solve and practice clinical decision making in a safe context, which is the learning environment. The learning environment should be a safe place for learners to practice decision making and problem solving. And we talked about patient cases with Alison Arman in episode 40. And in fact, we're practicing how to craft patient cases right now in Write CME Pro, which is a professional development membership for medical writers specializing in continuing education. Of course, webinars, podcasts, and games are also popular formats that offer learning opportunities in accessible bite-sized chunks that health professionals can access on the go, and as Mike Donahue talked about in episode 31. And you know, and I know, that outcomes reports are pivotal pieces in the feedback loop between education providers and supporters in CME. So it's a good idea to really get a handle on what outcomes reports require and who their key audiences are. These reports showcase the impact of educational programs and provide valuable insights into the outcomes that programs or activities achieve. And if you missed critical conversations this season about outcomes, 
or want to refresh your knowledge about what's going on in this area, then you can check out episodes 39, 47, and 60 with Andy Bowser, Angelique Vinter, and Deanna Heyer. Getting to know more about these three areas will provide a foundation for you to build your professional development. And if you're a medical writer who's ready to dig a little bit deeper, you can grab the Write CME Roadmap bundle. This is an ebook and private podcast brought to you in seven micro-learning episodes. And the roadmap charts five milestones that you can use to map your progress toward the goal of cultivating a continuing education writing niche. And this brings us to the end of season five. I hope you've enjoyed all that this season has offered. If you have questions for guests in season six, then think about completing the short survey I'll be sharing in my bi-weekly newsletter. Next season, we'll be talking about active learning strategies, facilitation techniques, and more. And if you don't yet subscribe to the newsletter, this would be a good time. As well as short podcast summaries, the newsletter shares tips, tools, and resources to help you create continuing medical education content with confidence. All the links for this episode are in the show notes. Until next time, keep creating content, keep learning, and keep making a difference. If you'd like to connect with me or today's guest or access any of the resources we talked about, check out the show notes for this episode. They're on my website, where you'll also find additional resources. Find the show notes at alexhausen.com forward slash write w-r-i-t-e dash medicine dash podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe to the Write Medicine newsletter where you'll find bi-weekly tips, tools and resources to help you create continuing medical education content with confidence. And thank you for listening today. Word of mouth is the most meaningful way we can help listeners find us and reach a wider audience. So please share this episode with a friend, a colleague or a client who might find the podcast helpful. And if you enjoy listening to the podcast, please write a favourable review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or share your testimonial on the dedicated testimonial link, which is also in the show notes.